Speak seductively. Hi, everyone. I'm Kyle Cannon, erotic fiction author, naturist, and swinger. And I'm Lily Cannon, book cover model, audiobook narrator, naturist, and swinger. And you're listening to the Speak Seductively podcast. I have an erotic fiction series called The Photographer's Story and over 15 erotic novellas on Amazon. Two themes in my work are the promotion of a sex-positive lifestyle and the development of strong, sexually confident female characters. My writing has been described as slow foreplay, building until the reader is breathless with need. You can find my novels and short stories on Amazon. They're all free with Kindle Unlimited. We want to welcome you to another exciting and informative edition of Speak Seductively. We use this platform to promote other authors, talk about sex and relationships. Please be aware, we will be discussing adult topics from sex to the swinging lifestyle and more. Our approach is always classy, but be ready for frank conversations. Our guests are frequently erotic authors or those in the lifestyle. Hi, everyone. This is Kyle Cannon. And Lily Cannon. And Annabelle Allen. And welcome to a very special edition of the Speak Seductively podcast. Uh, We are calling this, if you haven't been paying attention, the Kinky Corner. And we're going to be doing um, one show a month and covering very special topics. And in this particular episode, since it's technically our first one, we wanted to talk about how you can get in and on the ground floor of different levels of kink. So, And we have another co-host with us. Yes. And so Annabelle Allen is going to be joining us for all of the Kinky Corner episodes. And so we are super excited to partner up with her. And we have interviewed her multiple times and we've talked about lots of her books. And if you have not listened to any of those episodes, you need to go back and find the Annabelle Allen ones and pick up her stuff um, on Amazon and wherever else um, on social media. And we'll have all those links in the description. So um, Annabelle, we're super happy to join with you on this collaboration. Oh, thank you. It's awesome to be here. I I, I always love coming to see you guys. Yay! (laughs) We love it too. It's fun for for our audience. We we got all of our sidetracking out of the way before we started. So... (laughs) So for this, yes, which is good. <laughs> yeah. For this first episode, um, we are, like we said, starting at the ground floor of the kinky corner and um, trying to establish some definitions and some ground rules and entry level kind of stuff for all of our listeners who might have that question of how do I get started? Like, how do you even get into any of these things? So um, you are a resident BDSM expert. <laughs> and so um, we are going to turn to your expertise. And what I'd like to know is how did you get started in the BDSM community? Well, it's actually really funny. It's, it, it started out, you know, with actually with writing. And I think that's how most people sort of get exposed to what BDSM is. And what people should know about BDSM is that it stands for uh, bondage, discipline, uh, dominance, submission, statism, masochism. So it's a very broad term. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of things that fall under it. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's just sort of uh, the way I started out was with writing. I wanted to get into that genre. And then 
sometimes it just takes a conversation with somebody uh, just telling you, you know, like it's okay to be kinky, I guess, because uh, I had a friend who was just like, you know, she was like, uh, we were talking about sex and stuff. And she's, and I said that I wanted to get nipple clamps Mm -hmm. and she said, girl, you're kinky. And I was like, (laughs) I am like, am I right? I was like, I didn't think that nipple clamps were really that big of a deal, but uh, she then said to me, you know, you're on dating sites. So why don't you try a BDSM dating site? Hmm. And that kind of opened the door. Okay. And I was very fortunate that when I did go on a, a BDSM dating site, uh, it was, it's called kinked or it was called kinked. It's not around anymore. Hmm. Um, uh, while I was on there, uh, I actually ran into a dom, a daddy dom, uh, master J and, uh, he messaged me first and he said to me like, Oh, are you new in the community? Like, how are you? He's actually making a conversation with me, which was very refreshing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then he asked me out on a date and he actually took me out to dinner. So, uh, you know, it was, it was really good because, uh, I got to know him and I, that's, that's kind of number one with BDSM is finding somebody in the community that you can get to know. But also, it's very important that if you are finding a dominant, say you are submissive and you're trying to find a dominant, that you find somebody with experience in uh, BDSM and in the community and who is maybe even well known in the community so that other people can vouch for them. Yeah. I I was curious about something related to that. Um, It seems easier to get in if you're submissive than if you think you have dom tendencies what if you're what if you think you're you want to be a dom but you've Uh, never done bdsm before how do you what do you do i think it'd be the same thing as finding a mentor of some sort and it's actually uh the best way that i would say to get in BDSM isn't the way that i did it because that's actually Uh, It's not really that safe to try dating sites, whether they are kink oriented or just regular dating sites that you go Mm -hmm. on, like vanilla dating sites. Mm -hmm. I would suggest that you find, um, I guess, like the best way to do it would be on FetLife, which is a website online, which just it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, kinky people. They do have swingers and whatnot on that website as well. Uh, It's mainly a sex positive place. Mm -hmm. And You'll want to find uh, what's called a munch, which is when people get together at a vanilla neutral spot and they usually, you know, just get together and talk and, you know, what their experiences are with the the lifestyle. And, you know, uh, that's where you learn about the people that are in the lifestyle as well as you get that feedback, right? Which is so important is to have somebody else say to you, yes, this person you can trust because that's like key to everything is trusting and communicating with your uh, dominant or even with your submissive. Yeah. Would you suggest that people would find a club? You can. Yeah. That's uh, like events are really actually good places to find uh, other kinksters, I guess would be Mm -hmm. the best way to call them. Right. Uh, Because um, for instance, uh, the uh, club, the the it's a swingers club in Toronto called Menage Quatre, and uh, M4 is really good because they do fetish nights. So mm-hmm. if you can find a 
I guess a sex club, even a swingers club, like even in Toronto, there's another one called Oasis Aqua Lounge. They also do um, the same type of thing. They do like a fetish night and, you know, you just try to find events at different places where you can be with people because it's important that you're around a lot of people when you meet new people. Right. That's what they tell you, like with a dating site is that you should go someplace populated so that will see you and that you're not if you're in trouble you can find somebody and you can you know tell them you need help yeah so it's safe as possible exactly because that's it's so important to be safe and when you're doing these things because that's like that's the one thing i'm always preaching to everybody is like if you're going to do this do it the safe way because if you don't do it the safe way it's just going everybody's going to get hurt right you know i i don't want people to get hurt Right. And, and I mean, we, we've sort of chatted about this before, but um, for us, if we're not safe, if we don't feel safe and comfortable, we're not going to enjoy ourselves. And the whole point to all of this is enjoying yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we were saying, like in our DMs, right. Mm-hmm. Was that people being uh, safe about these things is, you know, because if you're not safe, then nobody's going to enjoy themselves. And it just opens a whole can of worms, you know, it just makes things more complicated. And uh, I'm not saying that anything to do with sex or kink is simple. But, you know, you don't want those complications added to it and making it something that you look back on and you sort of regret or, you know, it causes trauma. Yeah. And if it gives the whole uh, community a bad rap too, where, you know, you get bad, bad experiences, people talking about the bad experiences and that's where the stigmas and things come from because people, people take advantage and that's unfortunate. I'm so you start you're as a single woman and Mm -hmm. getting into it. Did you do any research before to so that you had some I, I i hate to say it but like google knowledge of <laughs> what you were getting into or um how did, I did, how did yes okay yeah i actually that's also another important thing is like do your research you know if you have questions that's why i say find a mentor because you should go on google like, like this isn't like you go to your doctor and you say i think i have brain cancer because these are my symptoms it's not <laughs> like that this is like you can go on google and you can look these things up and then if you have questions go to your mentor and then ask them the questions because they will be happy to answer them you know that was how it was with me and master j was that uh he said to me do you have any questions and i said you know what yeah i do i have lots of questions Right. And then he just, we, well, what happened? We went to his place that night and we actually did a scene. We actually played that night. And that was my first uh, BDSM um, experience. Mm. And on our way there, because it was, uh, it was a little bit of a drive. So uh, on our way there, we did, we talked about everything. We talked about ourselves. We talked about, uh, you know, the kink community, his experiences, my experiences, which were a little to none. And then Mm. any questions I had. So I think like the communication aspect is just so important, especially if you have questions. Yeah, you because find someone with that's experience. like part of the. Yeah, right. Because like if you if you have questions, your mentor or even your dominant should be able to answer them. And if they can't answer them, they will find somebody who can answer them. 
you know, if they're, they're that's a big red flag if they're not willing to answer your questions. Right. Or or willing to try to help you find an answer to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what that's part of what being a dom is about, about being a dominant is that you're helping your submissive grow and become the person that they want to become. And that doesn't it's not about bossing a person around or telling them what to do and all this. It's, there's so much more to it. And it's like communication is just so important in that because you have to understand what your submissive wants. And the way that you find that out is that you talk to each other. Do you think it's easier to find these types of communities in bigger cities? Do you think there's like if listeners are out there from smaller communities, do you think there is a, a community out there? Uh, yeah, I think that it does help going to like, you know, the big smoke, you know, going mm-hmm. to a big city because you have more of the like in Toronto, there's the entertainment district and that's where you find a lot of these clubs. Mm. And if you're going to start out by going to clubs, like either whether you're starting out in BDSM or you're even like with swinging, because, you know, I think you guys can agree that um, going to clubs is sometimes a good way to get into it. Yeah. Right. So like get a feel for it at least. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get a feel for it because that's another thing though, is that if you try it and you don't like it, that's okay. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. because it's not do or die. You don't have to like what you're doing. That's why there are hard and soft limits because the, like the difference between the two is that a hard limit is absolutely no way I am not doing this. And then a soft limit is "Mm, let me do some research or let's talk about it and maybe I'll change my mind later. Right. So, so like those two things are so important and you know, you don't, it's not do or die. So you can, you can always go back and say, no, I don't want to do this. You can always call the safe word. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if we have other questions for you. on Because <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I want to know because uh, you guys have mentioned before in previous podcasts about being naturists. And I'm wondering, like, what's the difference between a naturist and a nudist? Like, is there a difference? Are they the same thing? Or, you know, how does that work? Because I myself have no idea. I've never experienced that before. So it's it's funny because um, I think 40 or 50 years ago, the words had different meanings. but since then they really have come to mean the same thing and i know in different parts of the world i think in canada you're more likely to be called a naturist um in the u.s it's kind of interchangeable um but i mean basically the the basic idea is um you just feel more comfortable and open and free being naked in public settings around other people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because like that's a, a thing that um like that i noticed at when i went to m4 was that they had what was called towel time but like where mm-hmm. you just wore towels so like if you weren't comfortable being nude you could wear a towel or if you are a woman or identified as a woman you could wear lingerie so like we were talking me and kyle about how um i think that going to either a swingers club or doing something to do with the naturism or nudism 
is actually a great way to start getting into kink because it helps you learn to be comfortable with yourself and Mm kind of opens up your mind to the other possibilities. It could be. And I think a lot of people, well, I, I think people definitely do that. Um, go, go to nudist resorts or naturist resorts as a way to find out their comfort level with being unclothed around other people. Um, one of the things that I would say is um, there's like AANR, American Association of Naturist Recreation, I think is what it is. Um, most nudist resorts that follow their guidelines or all of them that follow their guidelines are going to say that they don't tolerate um, public displays of affection and overt sexual displays. They, they don't tolerate because they do call themselves family um, friendly facilities. So the idea, the, the idea behind naturism and nudism is that it's a more natural thing to be naked Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that we've joked about with some of our nudist friends is it's so much more comfortable to go swimming without a bathing suit on yeah, and to get out of the pool or get out of the ocean and not have that clingy wet stuff all over you. Yeah. I like to call it swamp pass. <laughs> like you don't have that swamp pass feeling the entire time where you're sitting by the pool and you're like, oh my gosh, why am I still wearing this bathing suit? But it is something I, I think Lily and I discovered as we got into it that it did feel natural and comfortable and Mm -hmm. more normal to be without clothes. I know at at the one resort that we always loved going to, um, we'd stay there for quite a while. And then when we had to put clothes on to go out for something, it it just felt weird. weird, And I swear there were a couple of times where I had to double check that I was actually wearing clothes. (laughs) Yeah, make sure that you know, you're, you're leaving the property and you're like, Oh, let me do a double check. Let me make sure I have, you know, all articles of clothing on that I'm supposed to be wearing. Um, but I think, I think the idea of naturist and nudist, either one that it's there again, there's a stigma attached to everything, but there's a stigma attached that like all of these resorts are just going to be orgy parties. And, and that is not, at, at all true for and and i would say as a beginner mm-hmm. if you're lo- thinking about getting into nudism or naturism mm-hmm. um do research like we were talking about with bdsm okay. do some research and find a place where um you know if you want a real high level of comfort that follow aanr guidelines and that way you know that there are people around who are going to um, prevent somebody from hitting on you <laughs> overtly. Yeah, well, and you know, it's it's a more casual atmosphere. So, you know, the, the resorts that we go to often have um, uh, restaurants on site and they have um, activities, like activities and, 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 and volleyball and like... <laughs> pickleball the and typical nudist stuff yeah and so <laughs> although i do have to draw the line at bike riding naked i mean that yeah, just doesn't seem right no there's there's something really uncomfortable about it but yeah i mean that's that's but there is a whole etiquette 
Mm-hmm. To being to going to a nudist resort that follows the I'll just call them family friendly guidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them would have the same basics, like you carry your own towel around and you sit um, on your own towel. You sit on your own towel. <laughs> a lot of the naturist resorts are call themselves clothing optional, and basically that means you can wear clothes wherever you want to except in pool areas or around the hot tub, because it just doesn't make sense there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll often hear people who go to those places um, talk in scolding terms about men or women who walk around with sexy bikinis, you know, if they, they try to do that. Um, it draws more attention mm-hmm. than just walking around naked. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, yeah, I can see that being kind of a problem and getting, because uh, like you were saying, like with harassment and whatnot, it's, it's sort of the same thing with uh, BDSM is that you want to make sure that uh, you don't have people bothering you. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because if you go to these events and stuff, you want to make sure that they have, uh, especially if you're going to a party like that has some sort of kink going on, you want to make sure that they're being safe and that they're having mm-hmm. a dungeon monitor. Yeah. You don't have to actually be in a dungeon, but, you know, having a DM there mm-hmm. is going to make sure that everybody is staying, staying, stay, stay, staying safe. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the places that we've gone have always had, um, uh, I'll call them security walking around and they will. And it's just employees of the resort. Yeah. And so they just, they walk around, they monitor, they make sure people don't. The one thing is having cell phones um and cameras out right, out right. and around um because one of their their things on any of the resorts that we have attended is that um they say you know don't take pictures of people <laughs> because that's that's a violation of privacy mm-hmm. and so um they do crack down on that quite a bit but and I know Lily and I have talked about it in other episodes how we got into naturism. I don't know if you want to touch on that briefly since we're at the, you know, how did you get started with it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We actually were in Hawaii and um, we happened to just be driving around the uh, big island or not the big island, but we were driving around Oahu um, and we were on the North shore and we happened to see, we were just kind of stopping at every place that said it had beach access because we just wanted to see as much as possible. Um, so we just kept stopping. And so we stopped at this one and it was, um, really secluded and you had to walk quite a, quite a ways to get to the actual beach access. And you had to walk past like these horse pastures and other stuff. (laughs) Um, and we, we get to like the entrance to the beach and there was actually a sign up that said, um, you know, you may encounter, um, nude visitors yeah. or, or something, you know, whatever, whatever the sign said. And we're like, huh, that's interesting. And so we walk a little bit farther and, and we did encounter nude, uh, beach goers and we're like, okay, this is, this is interesting. Um, neither one of us had really ever done anything like that before. I had done photography, um, but never like been nude in public. And so I was like, okay, this is interesting. We, you know, put a towel down. We just kind of were sitting there and um, just one, one article of clothing after another, you know, the mm-hmm. bikini top comes off the, 
you know, shorts come off. And, um, I think I was the last to take my bikini bottoms off finally. And then we got in the ocean and it was, it was great. I mean, it was a nice experience, which which was funny to me because Lily has modeled nude for photography. And Mm -hmm. I thought for sure it wouldn't be that big a deal for her, but, um, at least that initial stage it was. And I, I, I'll, I'm going to go back a, a step further because as a couple, it is something that we had talked about, mm-hmm. um, just the, the nude photography and how do we feel about, you know, um, I'm trying to think of the, the word now, body, not, um, body security or what, <laughs> um, body positive. Body positive. We, we we had to talk as a couple what our comfort level was going to be as far as being being naked if other people would see us naked and i think we'd had those conversations for a year or more before we actually did that um so but also while we were at the beach it was a you know it was a nonverbal conversation at first it was are we going to do this sure we're going to do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that just kind that that's of an, that's what's important is being comfortable and sort of I guess raising the stakes, you know, like yeah. as as you go, right? Because you know, the bikini bottom was the last to come off, but you know, like it did come off. Mhm. Well, and I think the thing too, it, it was funny, we found that beach our second or third day, we were going to be there for basically 2 weeks and um our plan, if we had a plan, had been just explore the island and do a ton of different things and whatever felt fun. Mm-hmm. We found ourselves going back to that beach basically every day yeah, <laughs> for a couple hours, at least a few hours a day. And then when we got home, we talked about how comfortable and natural it felt and And we could find more experiences like that and mm -hmm. we could do more of those things and then it just kind of spiraled from there yeah and we did we did research and that's Mm -hmm. how we found uh uh, aanr Mm -hmm. and and some other naturist um organizations but uh that's that's been almost 10 years yeah and that's the one that that's the one that we ended up joining and uh, we found a lot of resorts through them and um we actually joined a, a nudist club, and that was something. You know, you talked about BD, BDSM clubs, um, mm-hmm. meeting people in vanilla spots. When we joined this club, we, one of the things we were looking for is something where we could be around like-minded people on a semi-regular basis, rather than having to travel to go to a naturist resort. Um, and this was something where people would have activities at their homes and at their private pools and stuff like that. And right. so when we joined the club, we uh, went to a, a vanilla spot first and they met us and like members of the club came and we had dinner together and we all talked. And so and they screened us and yeah. we screened them. Yep. And so, yeah, that that definitely sounds like a munch. That's, that's exactly mm-hmm. like what a munch is, you know, because like I think that's something like. Because like the way that we've kind of gone into this kinky corner, like how you start, is that there are two ways to start. There's if you're a single person like myself, or if you're a couple like you guys. And Mm -hmm. I think for couples getting into BDSM, it's the same exact thing where you have to sit down with your partner and you have to discuss, be like, you know, 
hey, what do you think about this? And then be like, you know, oh, I think this. And then just have a conversation on it. Yeah. And I, I think over the over the 10 years, we have met people who do what we do, who are very, who talk to each other and the relationship is primary and they do what he, what they're comfortable with. We've also met people on the other end who, um, and we've talked about this on the show before, we'll get questions from people asking, how do you, how, basically, how do I force my partner to go naked in public? <laughs> and we are so against that. And we- Or how have, do I talk my partner into it? Right, and it's you like, don't, you don't do talk that. them into yeah. it. You talk to them about it. And if right. they're like, no, eh, that's not my thing, then that's not their thing. And you drop mm-hmm. it and you walk away. Um, <laughs> but I think one of the questions that we got on Twitter um, is the, how do you find that perfect partner whose boundaries are aligned with yours? And this kind of segues nicely into that is that, um, it's hard. It Well, and, and hopefully you are with the person that their boundaries already align with yours. And it's not that you are trying to push somebody into mm-hmm. doing something that they're not comfortable with, that as you build a relationship, Hey everyone, I'm Lily Cannon, and I have to tell you about an amazing story I just narrated for author Lacey Cross. Her story is titled Free for the Night, a free use fantasy when couples play. It will be available soon for purchase on Audible. The print copy is already up on Amazon. And what would I like to tell you about this story? Hmm, well, it's very hot. Maybe the perfect couple's fantasy story. So here's a short sample from Free for the Night to help you get in the mood. The mood to purchase the audiobook to hear more, that is. God, I am so sore. I gave Ethan another free use weekend, and let me tell you, he used me hard. I freeze right before I turn the corner to walk into the break room to grab a cup of coffee. My coworker, Tanya, is speaking. She's a younger woman in her early 20s, super sweet and friendly. A second woman remarks, shit, I wish I had a boyfriend. Your free use stories with Ethan always sound so hot. I really need to start dating again. The second voice belongs to one of the newer hires, Fabiola. I had noticed Tanya and Fabiola eating lunch together and chatting during work hours since they hired Fabiola a month ago, so it doesn't surprise me they're close enough to share details about their personal lives. Sex talk in the break room is a little risky, but I'm not one to judge since I've done it before. I'm approaching 40, though, so this was years ago when I was young and had a sex life to talk about. In the last year, things have gone extremely stale in the bedroom with my husband, Rich, so I have no juicy gossip to give out, even if I had a work friend I'd tell. Rich and I actually talked about it last Sunday, after the third weekend in a row of no sex, and we're both taking the week to consider ways we can spice things up. The plan is to discuss our ideas Friday night and maybe get a little zing back for the weekend, since the kids will be going camping with my brother and his family. Relationship with a, your partner, you probably built that relationship because you have something in common with them and that you've already maybe had those experiences in the bedroom and you want to, but asking, because I, I think what people don't realize is that maybe your partner does want to try some things and yeah, like, you know, yeah. I, I shocked you with the, uh, Hey, do you want to watch some porn? <laughs> she, she did. And one of the so, very you know, first few months we were together, I was like, you know what I really like is um, 
Porn. Watching some porn. Would you like to do that with me? <laughs> and I, I felt I felt like I played the guy in the sitcom who was like, porn? What's porn? Yeah. I've never heard of this <laughs> I, thing. I don't know what you are, what uh, what you speak. And what? the funny, I mean, we we had had we we had been having a very positive sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. And um it's I I I was lucky that she brought it up because it's something we both enjoy together as a couple, mm-hmm. not all the time, but yeah. I mean, we'd have uh, date nights like where we'd take a bath together and then watch porn. Like it was just, one, you know, it was, it was a, just a thing. And so I think well, you guys asking, know me, I'm, I'm porn positive, you know, right. like, right. Like, uh, like a lot of people, you know, that's also a good way though, to start getting into kinky stuff is doing the stuff that's not really that kinky. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like watching porn together or taking a bath together and just being, you know, it's sort of like building on the compatibility that you already have. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and may- Go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, and, you know, doing things together to, to sort of understand where you're both coming from and where you want to grow to. I, I was going to say, I'm amazed at the number of people at the number of couples that are afraid to talk to each other about what they, they would like to try sexually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that on like people asking me like, how do I bring this up to my partner? And it's mm-hmm. like, that should be something that you're already kind of a little bit comfortable doing. Like I can understand a little bit of hesitation because there's a lot of uh, stigma around sex. There's not, not everybody is sex positive. So it's, but you should have kind of an idea if you've been with your partner for, uh, I'd say an X amount of time that you'd know that they are also sex positive or that they are open to kind of what you want to do. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I think that's part of the compatibility is that you, you know, if things are awesome in the bedroom, obviously you guys have stuff in common. And Mm -hmm. if you want to spice things up, it shouldn't really be too far of a leap, I guess, to say to them, hey, do you want to watch some porn with me? Yeah, or play be, with a toy. Right. Yeah, or, or like, like that's a, the, the, the whole toy thing is kind of, uh, I can understand that's difficult for some women because, for women who are with um, male partners, because mm-hmm. men have this big thing where they think that they're being emasculated by these toys, especially right. if it's like a vibrator or a dildo. You know, mm-hmm. and like, cause I was having my, my brother was making fun of me for, uh, having a sex, a sex toy collection. Cause mm-hmm. I do, <laughs> I have quite a vast collection. <laughs> he likes to make fun of me for it because, you know, like he knows that I write BDSM, like everybody in my life knows. And, uh, he knows that I have a, uh, tote in my room that is, uh, filled with sex toys and he calls mm-hmm. it my tickle trunk. Which tickled her if, you, if you if you if you're from Canada, you have seen Mr. Dress Up, which is a was a kid's show, and he had a costume trunk that he called the tickle trunk. So my brother <laughs> decided to ruin my childhood by calling oh, my no. sex toy oh, chest. Gosh. That's really the tickle funny. trunk. But, but um he was he was just saying that, you know, like uh that you shouldn't use sex toys because uh it stops uh stimulate like you you don't get stimulated the same way, like it stops sensitivity and whatever. And that is an old wives' tale because uh, the more yeah. you the more you use it, the more sensitive it becomes. And especially right. if you're using a vibrator or a dildo. 
Yeah. Yeah. That is so, so wrong. Or, or Lily's <laughs> favorite, the bullet. Yeah. Yeah. My yes. favorite thing is to enhance what we are doing together. And so um, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think toys are a great way to get and closer. I, I So I, I'm going to say as, as a guy, especially at this point in our relationship, <laughs> I, I love it when Lily is using a vibrator. I mean, I, I don't feel emasculated at all by that, but I could see early in a relationship where a guy would get stressed by that. And, and this is where the communication part comes in. So is the girl, is the woman using the vibrator to get herself off and then ignoring the guy while she's doing that? Um, you know, and I, I think you need to talk about it. So it needs to be a um, like Lily saying, Hey, I want to use a vibrator tonight when, you know, before we have sex. Okay. Are, am I going to get anything out of this? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, other, other than just watching and enjoying that, but. Yeah. That's, the, that's another thing that I was, that I just thought of is that, you know, not only would a guy have kind of a problem, uh, with that aspect, it's the fact that the communication would be so important because what if the woman's using or like, the, you know, she's using the vibrator or she's using the sex toy because he's not doing, you know, getting her off. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, and that comes down to communication. Again, you need to tell your partner what you like and mm-hmm. how to get you off because a lot of people have problems doing that, telling their, their partner, you know, either slow down or speed up or I like it when you do this and I like it when you do that. Mm-hmm. So, you well, know, it's that's sort of the same deal. It's funny because I think we're we're taught that that is a taboo and a, and it's a vulnerability that you can't really you can't really share and talk about that. You know, you just cross your fingers and hope you're going to have an orgasm if you're a woman. <laughs> you, you hope that you hope that it's a good thing. Yeah. Um. But I and so talking about the ground floor of kink then and the other side of this would be swinging and the ground floor of that. If you want to try being a voyeur and you want to um, explore having another person in your relationship, um, the, the idea of vibrators and dildos and sex toys are the ground floor of that because then you find out if you enjoy watching your partner getting off from something else. And so then that becomes the first step. And I think um, we both share this with a lot of people who are in the swinging community and are in a dedicated relationship. I love to see Lily's O face. Mm-hmm. I love the one, I love being the one who brings that on to her, but I also love being able to watch her have an orgasm. Mm-hmm. If that makes For sense. sure. And that's, 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 that's important though, is that like your, your partner has to turn you on as well, as well mm-hmm. as thinking about, um, you know, what we could do to spice things up at the same time, your partner should already turn you on enough that you think, Oh, yeah, you know what, watching porn and using toys, that sounds awesome. Let's try it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. because swinging is also not an excuse for cheating, like swinging no. is not an excuse to go find another partner and leave your partner behind. So the other advice we always give and and what we always say is that we don't leave each other alone for the night. You know, um, if, if there is a, a play that we are doing, um, it is not 
separate Mm -hmm. that, and we always end the night together. And so it's not something where we are seeking out somebody else. It is that we are seeking, we're actually, it's the opposite. We're seeking out somebody for the other person to get pleasure because we want to please the other person. And so it's, it's the complete opposite what people think it is. It's like, oh, well, you just, you know, you're, you're unsatisfied. And so you're going to go, you're going to go cheat on your partner. And it's like, that's not at all what it is. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not cheating in any way because they're there. Cheating suggests Mm -hmm. that I'm lying about something, but when they're in the room, you can't really lie about what you were doing. (laughs) Yeah. And, and every, there's so many different levels of, of swinging. Like, you know, there's the voyeurism, which a lot of people would call soft swinging and, you know, you, you up the, up the levels from there, but, um, that's a really, a really great place to start is sharing fantasies mm-hmm. and talking about, you know, are you interested in a, in a three-way or are, do you like, do you like the idea of having people watch us have sex? Um, mm-hmm. and a lot yeah, of people- like at, at the swingers club M4, you can do that. They actually encourage voyeurism. So that's, yeah. that's a, that is a fantastic way to sort of uh, step your toe into the, the kinky pong as well. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think a lot of people get into um, the lifestyle because they like watching and they like being watched and or being in the same, you know, having sex with their partner while in a room with somebody else having sex with their partner. And it's like it's like live action porn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's the thing that I always thought. I was like, if you like porn, you're most likely going to like voyeurism as well. Right. Because they're kind of they're kind of parallel when you think about it, you know. It, it very much so. And and I think also for us, we, we may have had this conversation with you before, but we kind of like old school porn mm-hmm. as opposed to the and and the big difference for me, and I say this also as a photographer doing stuff, I like the the full view. So you get to see the models' faces and their bodies, and you don't have to be focused in on genitals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the POV stuff. Yes. Like all the the newer stuff where you're just getting like penis and vagina just over and over again. Like, okay, that is plenty. (laughs) I'm kind of on the same level, though, because that's what you kind of get with uh, the BDSM porn. Like I always say, if somebody says to me, like they want to watch, that's another way to get into BDSM is to watch BDSM porn. And Mm -hmm. the best way to do that is uh, like, I do agree that some people like Pornhub's okay. Like it, because you can give people tips if they're like verified on the site. Mm -hmm. But um, I always say that you should definitely pay for your porn if you can. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, like, for instance, uh, kink.com, uh, you have to subscribe to them. But oh, man, is it totally worth it to subscribe to them? <laughs> right. Like their porn is kind of it is definitely old school where sometimes you get a storyline and sometimes mm-hmm. even then, like you get full views. You know, there there's very little close ups. Right. It's, yeah. it's more, you know, like uh, I was watching one that. um this dominatrix was actually using uh the sound from her heels to uh electrocute her submissive 
Whoa. Right. Yeah, it was a type of electroshock uh, kink. And it was actually pretty awesome. The only close-up that they had was of her heels. And then mm-hmm. it went into him. And it was, you know, an entire, it was a full shot. You know, so you, you don't really get that with the free stuff. That's something mm-hmm. that, you know, is like, usually it's, you have to have a studio for that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Most people that make porn in their off time or for like OnlyFans even, they're, they're not doing it to be artistic or to, uh, you know, they're just doing it to make money and get off. Yeah. And, and I think, I, I think for us in, in this, you know, our, our swinger side, it's all it's also about the intimacy and get and knowing who you're with rather than you know just random hookups um that knowing who we're with adds to the fun mm-hmm. i think because mm-hmm. like, like it's that's what saying that it's very difficult to find somebody like if you're starting from ground zero to find a partner that's also interested in these things mm-hmm because, for instance, I'm demi bisexual, so I'm on the asexual spectrum in that I actually kind of don't feel anything unless I actually have a connection with the person. So mm. it makes me a very lonely single Pringle because it's hard to find somebody who's uh, interested in the same things and also not intimidated by the fact that I'm sex positive and that uh, I write erotic romance as well. You know, so it's hard to find a partner who's open to uh, exploring those things, even if they're a newbie, you know, and sort of building up the groundwork. So yeah, I can, I, th- I definitely like, you know, with those people that the, the person who messaged you and said to you, how do you find a partner that's into it? I get it, man. It's, it's hard. Yeah. And I, I, the, the second part of that question, and I, I'm an idiot because I didn't write down who posted this to us, but they, they mentioned that um, they think uh, 50 shades of gray ruined as much as it helped. Um, and then said, people play kink rather than live it. And I know we've talked 50 shades on another episode, but I think mm-hmm. it's really relevant in talking about beginning stages because Thinking back on the first part of the book, I, I, I'm going to give I, I'm going to give the author a little credit to say it is tough to explain how you get into anything like that, but mm-hmm. did a terrible job explaining BDSM. Yeah, and- that's that's kind of it's true. Yes, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey opened the door to um i guess not only for literature that is in the bdsm spectrum being a little bit more popular but it also kind of opened everybody's mind to bdsm in general being Mm -hmm. uh more natural because sex itself is natural so these things like liking pain for instance or even liking being dominated it's completely natural so it did open the door in that sense, but it also only opened it a crack because it portrayed a very unhealthy relationship with a man who was an abuser right? yeah. using a woman, using BDSM as a excuse yeah. to abuse her and control yeah. her. And that is so dangerous, like, because... There are men out there that now think that because they 
like to boss somebody around like Christian Grey, that they are a dom and they go on dating sites and they try to find women to submit to them. And it's so dangerous because that's how people get so hurt and even end up dead. You know, Mm -hmm. like uh, I actually was on uh, a, a dating website and a guy said to me, are you a sub? And I said, I'm actually a switch. And he goes, Oh, he's like, I'm a Dom. And I was like, really? Are you really, Mm -hmm. do you know who you're talking to right now? (laughs) You know? And, uh, he tried to explain to me because I tried to try to communicate with him, tried to see where he was coming from being like, maybe he's a newbie. Maybe he doesn't know how to approach this. And, uh, in talking to him, I asked him like what he found appealing about being a dominant and, there's no, I, I want to say there's no right answer, but there kind of is because a dominant uh, part of their goal is to take care of their submissive. It's not to boss mm-hmm. them around. And uh, he said to me that he liked uh, telling his woman what to do in the bedroom. Oh, and yeah, I said, that's, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> that's definitely the wrong answer. I said to him, I was like, uh, I've been in the lifestyle for five years now. And I can tell you right now, what you're doing is very dangerous. And I tried to explain to him that if he would like to talk more, I would be happy to talk to him about how to do things safely and how to find somebody uh, who's on the same tier as him being uh, obviously new to the lifestyle and uh, doing things safely so that he can experience what true domination is about. Mm-hmm. But he blocked me because uh, <laughs> he didn't like hearing that, of course. Well, of, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's scary. And, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking, it, it's very dangerous for any woman that he would get involved in with, but also dangerous for him in the long run because he's, he's um, trying to think how to He's get, he's letting his dangerous baser instincts run loose with no control. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he somebody like that, it just seems to me, goes further and further and doesn't n- understand the meaning of the word no. Yeah, exactly. That's what's really freaking scary because I like I, I've even said uh, about um, I said previously about red flags. Mm. Big red flag in the kink community is if a dom says to you, you don't need a safe word. Mm. That is a big red flag. <laughs> Do yeah. I say if some if dom says that to you, if somebody says that they're a dominant and they say to you, oh, you don't need a safe word, turn and run as fast as you can in the opposite direction. Because a safe word is absolutely paramount when you're playing. It doesn't matter if, if, if they say, if you say stop, I will stop. No. Think of a word, a word that has absolutely nothing to do with what you're doing. Uh, some of the usual ones are red or apples, but um, mm-hmm. you can pick any word you want. Mine is elephant. So if, if you're in the middle of a scene and you're uncomfortable, whether you're the dominant or the submissive, and you uh, want to stop, if you're screaming elephant, the, the dominant is... Are you still because it's not misleading in saying mm-hmm. to them stop? Yeah. yeah, I I know um, we're we're probably so we don't run the risk of jumping into other topic areas because if you're listening to us, our goal today was really to get to 
level one, you know, stepping up your, your mm-hmm. kink, whether you're in a relationship or you're single or just stepping up your kink by explaining something that the three of us are all familiar with, you know, mm-hmm. how, how, uh, we got into BDSM or nudism, for Annabelle naturism. or nudism, naturism and, and swinging the lifestyle for Lily and I. Um, so we were just, we're just trying to hit the, uh, basic level. And I would say from our end, the, our summary would be do some research. And if you're interested in getting into naturism and nudism, there are a lot of safe clubs and organizations out there mm-hmm. that you can find and try out. Yeah. And, and the same thing, if you're into swinging, you know, figure out what your comfort level is and do not go beyond that until you're ready. Um, Annabelle, I don't know if you have a final words of wisdom about getting into B- BDSM. Yeah. If, if like, if you're single, like myself, I would say, try finding um, somebody who's already established in the community, in the kink community to um, sort of learn as much as you can about BDSM. But if you're a couple, a great way to start is just by communication. It's just by talking about um, your fantasies, what you want to do, like uh, where, how far you would go, and then sort of just take baby steps until you reach uh, the level that you are uncomfortable with, because then you know to stop. And and I think something that all three of us have emphasized is you don't force someone else down a path they don't want to follow. No, that you definitely don't want to do that. Like especially like when it comes to uh, DS or like just domination in, in general, if, if you try to, ch- ch- if you try to turn somebody into a submissive and you think by doing that is just by controlling them or trying with rough sex or whatnot, you're crossing a very dangerous line into uh, something it's abuse and it's mm-hmm. rape. So yeah. you you definitely want to have somebody who's uh, on the same level as you and understands where you want to. Go. If they don't want to go there, just drop it because it's not worth getting into. So I think for this episode, we've, we I should have said this at the beginning. This episode is going to air around Valentine's Day. So it's our Valentine's gift to all of our listeners. Um, and then our next episode uh, will probably take us to the next level. Um, but between now and February 14th, whenever you listen, or yeah, between now and then, um, or after then, sorry, I'm losing track of where I'm at. Um, if you have questions, ask us, um, send us your emails, send us your comments on the show. Um, please be easy on me if I get tongue tied throughout this, but, um, we'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas. And, um, our goal is to prevent, present a very sex positive, informative segment for you and fun. Annabelle, we always love having you and we're so happy that we have started this new collaboration and this kinky corner idea. So we're super excited to talk to you again next month. and. Obviously, we're going to talk to you between now and then, but um, (laughs) we're excited for our listeners to be able to hear us all talking together next month. Um, And we're we're just we're happy to have you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. 
yeah thank you so much i love you guys (laughs) so happy to be here and i just think this is great and that uh you know if anybody does have questions they can always uh dm on twitter or facebook if they're not comfortable actually tweeting or sending a facebook like over you know so people can see um there's also email you can email me Mm -hmm. at the annabelle allen at gmail.com uh i always check my mail so if you have questions you can just email me yeah we'll put all those links in the description and everybody listening have a wonderful night and go communicate with your partner your wants and sexual needs please yeah (laughs) good night speak seductively 